I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count. Praise the Lord. God bless you today. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ and you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast. Don't share it because I'm trying to make a name for myself, but share it because you hear something that you think would be a powerful addition to the heart, the mind, the soul, the spirit of somebody else. It could be a family member, somebody you talked to last week. Time is ticking, folks, and we've got to get the word out. And that's what this ministry is all about. Tay Love, myself, I have been rapping. I've been preaching, evangelizing, trying to teach and do things that gets the word out. So please share this thing. We could make it go viral, go global, whatever, because people need to hear the word. And all you got to do, it doesn't take much to look around and you don't have to look far today to realize that many people are not enduring sound doctrine. Most people do not care what the Bible has to say. They know the Bible exists. They've heard of Jesus Christ being the way, the truth and the life, but they just don't want to hear it. They don't care. And then there's a mass of people that are lost and confused. That's why in this day and time and at this hour, I'm raising both of my hands as a willing servant to the Lord Jesus Christ, the only true and living God, to stand up on God's word, to stand for God's word, regardless of who doesn't like it, regardless of the penalty. I am crucified with Jesus Christ, Galatians 2 tells me. To live is Christ and to die is gain, Philippians 1 tells me. So I'm already dead. It doesn't matter who is offended. That has nothing to do with God warning men and women to uphold his word in these times. So with that being said, today's podcast is children according to God. Children according to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this message. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for every human that has ears to hear. May every person hearing this message have ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying. Holy Spirit, have your way. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding according to Ephesians 1. Open our understanding according to Luke 24 and out of all our getting, please, master, help us get an understanding of what it means to have children and to raise children according to God. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. I'm actually going to open with two different verses and we're going to get into this text. I want to give you a disclaimer. This is probably going to be a more lengthy podcast. God gives everybody who seeks him followers, those who are devoted to him, those who who spend time with him. He oftentimes gives you a burden for topics, things, people, groups, etc. 
One of the burdens that he's given me, and I didn't know it would be like this until I had my own children, is children and parents and families and marriage. All of those, those little pots and pans, if you will, are burdens that God has given me and they don't go away. They burn within me. And so I have to feed these fires. I've got to give these fires things to burn. And the thing that burns when it comes to truth, uh, the truth is the truth itself. It is the fire that burns and purifies everything that's non-truth or untrue. So let's read the first text I have for you today is Ecclesiastes 11 verse 5. I'm reading out the King James. It says, As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Ecclesiastes 11.5 King James Version. The second opening text I have for you today is Isaiah 55, 8 through 13, New King James Version. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to all the sower. It may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That was Isaiah 55, 11 through 13, New King James Version. The point, first point I'd like to mention in this podcast is, number one, Americans do not see children the way God sees them. Americans do not see children the way God sees them. This is universally uh, obvious when you look at the world. There are thousands, I believe there are don't quote me on this. This might be 6,000 people groups. It's either 6,000 or 3,000. There's uh, different various ministries that you can look up. The Joshua Project, who has had their hands in the 1040 window. There's a bunch of different things you can look up to get these statistics. But I would say there are thousands of people groups. What does that mean? There are many other people who live in ways that's not according to America. The American dream, apple pie, baseball. You can't go overseas and assume that that's what everybody knows and does because the truth is they don't. If half the population of the world is living on less than $2 a day, they, they don't understand or have time or whatever. Those things are fictitious and, you know, not reality for them. Okay, so could it be that the reason we don't see the desired results we hope for with children is because the things in place for them as Christians are not according to the word God sent? Could it be that the things in place please us, but not God? 
So here's a question, another question. What is the purpose of children, according to God, who has installed reproductive components in all males and females? Now, this might come as a shock to some of you, but when you have a baby, even a baby boy or girl, when, when the woman's on the bed and the, the baby comes out, everybody in the room is waiting, they pull the baby out and even before they cut the umbilical cord, what do they say? They don't say the baby's name. The baby doesn't at that point have a name. What do they say and announce to the world once a baby has arrived in the room? Once the baby is physically present, whole and entirely, what do the doctors announce? It is a boy or it is a girl. They declare to the world for that human being's life what it is. You are a male or you are a female. Now, what now the reason why I'm talking like this is 2022. What do they use to declare or make such a claim? They look at the reproductive organs. Folks, Genesis 1, 27 or 26 through 28. It reads here in the King James. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. I'll stop there. So the purpose of children, according to God, is what I just told you. They will only reproduce after their own kind. Humans will make human males or human females. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. The reason why babies have the reproductive organs in them is because they were made to reproduce. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Females have their reproductive organs assigned to them according to their anatomy. Males have their reproductive organs assigned to them according to their anatomy. I don't even want to use the word assigned because there's a word play and the devil has used that in the whole confusion and deception and manipulation of the LGBTQAIS2 plus circles. But yes, Males and females, when they are babies, even when they are little babies, not even one day old, they already have installed in them reproductive components per the handiwork, the architecture, the creativity, the, the ingenuity of God. All right. Now let's go to Psalm 127 because this is going to further uh, uh, um, support what the purpose of children is. Psalm 127, 3. It says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. In so many words, 
Children are a heritage. Now you can do a word play with that, but let me keep reading because that was Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Let's go right next door and keep reading the next chapter, Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Um, for thou, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy thou shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like other plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. Not getting too deep, not trying to interpret a prophetic text or anything like that. But in the most basic terms, children are a heritage of the Lord. Children make a man mighty and children are a blessing. Now, let me read to you what heritage means. Heritage slash inheritance. Here is one comment, a commentary about heritage or inheritance. Oriental people regarded the olive as a symbol of beauty, strength, divine blessing and prosperity. I'm saying that in light of Psalm 128.3. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. The cultivated olive tree grows to about 18 to 20 feet in height and has a contorted trunk and numerous branches. The tree develops slowly, but often attains a ripe old age at several centuries. Some have been known to live for over a thousand years. If cut down, new shoots spring up from its roots so that as many as five new trunks could come into being. Do you hear that, people? The olive tree has more fruit per branch or vine than any other tree. It has been said. So you can check Google or whatever and look that up. But olive is symbolic in the Bible and is used for various things. But the point is, this is the depiction of the Bible when it talks about children. In other words, uh, you can look three generations. Two parents have six kids. They all get married. They all have four kids. If you do that math, look at the multiplication. And that's the same thing that happens specifically with the olive tree, because then those those parents become grandparents and those grandparents become great grandparents and great great grandparents. And they have grandchildren and great grandchildren and great great grandchildren. Uh, I think you get the point. So the purpose of children is a heritage, a blessing and to strengthen a husband and wife. It is also so that they can make more human beings. Now let's go to Proverbs 17, 6. It says children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers. Now, what does glory mean? In this text, glory, it means uh, this. And this is one commentary that talks about glory in this verse. In the East, a large number of children is considered a great blessing, being a guarantee of the stability of the family. Male children are the pillars of the house. 
Glory is praise, shine, pride, beauty, and honor. Folks, this is why when you look at society, there are different sections that become damaged, lost, hopeless, depressed, confused, down, etc. because a father is missing. In the social circles of our day, juvenile courts, hospitals, jails, you name it, fatherlessness is an epidemic in America. Men have become sperm donors. Men have become boyfriends. Men are not husbands and men are not fathers. Even some men are in their own homes and they're still not leading and they're still not loving those children. So here's the thing. The glory is missing from several population groups in the United States of America. This is why the statistics of fatherlessness are ridiculous. I don't have time to get into that, but I'll just throw out some populations that have been damaged and that. Uh, have suffered peril because a father is absent, a father is passive, or a, a father is, is just not doing what he's supposed to do. Again, he's absent or he's passive. Drugs, people on drugs, homeless, gay, uh, people who are drunkards, people who are obese. There's a more uh, 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 populations that I could call out. But all of these, the percentages are very high for uh, people who drink alcohol, smoke drugs, go to jail, homeless, or LGBTQAIS2+. All of those people, uh-oh, the red X is on the biological father. The biological father is either, either absent or the biological father is, is either passive. That means he ain't doing what he's supposed to do in the home. And therefore, these people don't have any glory. I just read to you. They don't have any praise. They don't have any shine. They don't have any pride. They don't have any beauty. And they don't have any honor. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Please share this. Don't hear this and say, oh, this is good. Hit that share. Subscribe. Do something. Get this help. Get this word around the world. You, you've got the internet in your hand now. All you got to do is a few clicks and it goes around the world. Let God use you in that way. We're continuing with this podcast, Children According to God. We just read Proverbs 17, 6. Now let's read another scripture. This is Malachi chapter 2. And I'll just tell you in 16, another purpose that God has for children or seeing the way, uh, uh, seeing children the way that God sees them is God wants godly offspring. The word offspring, usually people think of a horse that has horses or a ducks that has duckies or a, a bear that has cubs or basically animals. Offspring is a term that's, you know, usually associated with animals that says, hey, uh, these animals have made more animals. Well, God says humans back in Genesis one, as we read from the very beginning, I want you to reproduce people who look and act like me. They're going to look like me. If I were a human, I'm going to make you look the way I would look. So they're made in his image, but it says in his likeness. I, 
they're going to have the ingredients there to be like me, but they need to be molded and shaped. It's like if I was to buy, which I, I might cook today, chicken. I get all the seasonings. I get all the juices. I buy the pan and everything, and I set it on the counter. Well, it's not going to cook itself. That food, those spices, that stove, that pan, it needs a cook who will come in and do the right things at the right time in the right ways over a period of time. And then we will have a sumptuous feast. That's what God wants every male and female in marriage to do when they have children. Make them godly. Make them holy. Make them righteous, etc. That's how God sees humans. It is through the mating in marriage that more men and women arrive to planet Earth to be cultivated as a people for God himself. Folks, don't you know every human is to be for God himself? Humans are not raised from zero to 18 in a parent's house. Their parent take uh, Joey, who goes by Joe now since he 18 years old. And, you know, he done he done his the juices inside of him have changed. So now he don't want to be little Joey. He want to be Joe. Call me Joe. So Joe is now 18 and his parents take him and drive him three hours away to the national park and drop him off uh, amongst the, the bears, the black bears. No, no, no. Children are not raised to be given to anyone else. Children are raised to be given to God himself. So let's again, let's read some scriptures so that, you know, this is not my opinion. But let's go to Genesis 22 and read verses 16 through 18. And said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. That was Genesis 22, 16 through 18. Let's read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18, or excuse me, Deuteronomy 12, 28 through 32. It reads, King James, observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in the land. And take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them. After that, they be destroyed from before thee. And that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise." Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fire to their gods. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereunto, nor diminish from it. Now I know the King James reads a little different than how we talk today. 
But here's what that verse is saying. Basically, when you go to this land, y'all don't do like these nations, but y'all going to be a people for me. Again, it is through the mating in marriage that more men and women arrive the planet are to be cultivated as a people for God himself. Look at what the New Testament says, Titus 2, 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, this is the last little nugget for preachers and teachers and pastors. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So we see again, even in the New Testament, we are a people that God wants to be cultivated for himself. Let's go to the gospel. Jesus Christ has just been uh, born into the world during in Matthew chapter one. We're over in Matthew chapter three. Look at verses one through three. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, Thy vo the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And what does he say? Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Other parts of the New Testament says, Prepare ye a people prepared for the Lord. We are to be a people prepared for the Lord. First Peter 1 13 through 16. Yes, there's lots of scripture, so there can be no doubt about what God is saying. First Peter 1 13 through 16, King James. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Last verse in this text, 1 Peter 2, 9. Go right next door. What does he say? He says the same thing again. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to be cultivated as a people for God himself. Humans grow like they do to demonstrate the obvious separation as prescribed by God. The physical body screams what stage of life we are naturally and automatically without choice. It don't matter if you don't want to be old, ladies. 
You know the thing in the world, they always want a lady to be like, you ain't supposed to ask a lady her age. We don't have to ask you your age because we can see your age just like you can see ours. And I know some people don't like that, but again, it is the truth and there is nothing that we can do about it. But here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with age. Age tells us again what stage of life we are in. Age also is a number and the bigger that number gets, that means the shorter time we have left on this earth and that means the sooner time we shall be standing face to face with God. So if you ask me, the older you are, the busier for Jesus you should get because you don't have much time left when in compared to young folks. So let's read because there are some things that age comes with according to the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 37:25, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Folk who live long and, and are in old age, they have tested, tried, and know that God is true and have seen God do things over and over again. They are pillars in the body of Christ, the community, the places that exist in the world. We can look to older people as a sign of hope and a beacon of light. Psalm 71 9. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. So we see here, hey, the Bible tells a person, look, you are going to get old. Psalm 71, 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. That's your mission field. Folks, if you're old, 60 plus, then you should be showing your strength to the next generation so that uh, the strength of God can stand in the generations to come. Psalm 72, 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Yes, People who are older, this is my hope for myself, that I will still be bringing forth fruit in my old age. Playing golf all day, fishing, no, that's not what I'm going to be doing, and that is not what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to do that verse right there, Psalm 92:14, that even in your old age, you would still be bearing fruit for Jesus. This ties the John 15, where he says, indeed, you are my disciples because you will bear much fruit. Proverbs 20, verse 29. The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. So, ladies and gentlemen, ain't nothing wrong with getting old, but the age you are shows you the stage of life that you are in naturally and automatically. So, don't fight it. Don't fight it. I ain't telling you to walk around looking like a troll for no reason, especially if you're married. You already know husbands and wives. That's part of what you agreed to. Keep yourself up for your spouse. Again, that goes both ways. But I'm saying, what age would you want to be fixed at if it were up to you? If you could be fixed, what age would you be fixed at? 
What age would you want your children to be fixed at if it were up to you? Don't you know if humans had the power, we would come up with some really creative things, even trying to alter time. I believe at one time, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk, the, the guy with Tesla, they were all talking about how they can go and make people live, you know, to be 150 years old. You know, these rich folks get so full of themselves, they think they can do anything until like Jeffrey Epstein, they get caught in their sin, and then that joke end up killing himself. Nobody knows what happened, but that's probably what happened. But the point is, he's not here anymore. But if it were up to us, we would fix and freeze things and manipulate and, and do things outside of God's will. Ladies and gentlemen, we are still on the first point. I know this is very rich. I told you the first point is Americans do not see children the way God sees them. Let us continue with this. The cycle of the human body is according to eternal purposes, not the earthly or temporal. This includes the time frame called childhood. God put in us a clock. The Bible says in Psalm 90 that every man year lives to be about 80 years old. God puts a clock in us. Why? Because it's about eternity and not this earth. Remember, before the flood, people live hundreds of years. Abraham, Adam, Noah, all these people live to be hundreds of years old. But just imagine with me for a moment. Let's go back to 1940 and let's go over to Germany and let's look at a man called Adolf Hitler. Now, what if Adolf Hitler didn't die? What if Adolf or Adolf, however you pronounce it, tomato, tomato. What if Adolf Hitler was still alive? What if Osama bin Laden was still alive? What if uh, Idi Amin, the dude over in Uganda, was still alive? What if uh, 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 Saddam Hussein was still alive? What, and we can fill in the blank with all these people. Years ago, I did a podcast called Infamously Evil. And it looked at a comparison of all these crazy people. The point I'm saying is the being limited to the time frame and how the body ages and grows. Honestly, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Some of you parents couldn't imagine if your child was stuck in terrible too. And I call it terrible because of you. Uh, you make the child terrible at two years old, but we won't go there right now. But the point is, you're glad the joker ain't stuck and, and tantrum and spitting and throwing jelly and all the crap that undisciplined children do at two years old. You're glad of that. You're glad that you grow out of some things and you grow in to other things. This is the cycle God put in humans. Again, it's his clock. He's the one who determines when men begin to wither away and he does it according to eternal purposes. Let's read the Bible. Romans 8 verses 6 through 7. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Add 
add verse eight on there. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That whole text, Romans eight, one through 14 gives a great comparison of flesh and spirit. But again, to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity is vexation or irritation. How long will you itch before you scratch? How long will you allow a fly to buzz by your ear or a mosquito to buzz by your ear until you, you, you move your hand? The vexation, the irritation, the carnal mind, God can't stand it because it's constantly going away from and against him. So why would he prolong it to live on and on and on? Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, they used to live long and long in, in, in Genesis. Yes. But in Genesis six, he says, my spirit will not always strive with man forever. And he narrowed down the human being's life to one hundred and twenty years. So now we don't see people who are living long anymore. It's usually 80 or so. And that's it. So. Again, that's one verse. Let's go to another verse to reiterate this carnal mind and carnality. And this is 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? The carnal mind is why there are the things that were just mentioned. Envying, strife, divisions. You got males that want to be females. You got boys that got short hair and they want to have the long hair that come down all on their chest. They want to imitate, imitate a female. I ain't saying men can have long hair. I'm just saying they want to feminize themselves. They look at a, a woman's nails and they want to go get their nails done and painted. Now you got men getting their toes done like somebody looking at a man's feet. Now you got men want to change up their voice and go from, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, masculine and just be like this. Why? Again, carnal mind, carnal mind. And there's plenty of other divisions. But let's keep reading. First Corinthians three, 18 through 21. Let no man deceive himself. If any among if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men for all things are yours. God knows the sin that is in man. This is Genesis eight twenty one. evil only continually. This is uh, uh, um, Ecclesiastes 9, I think it's 3. I know it's in chapter 9, but Ecclesiastes 3 talks about the mind is always thinking of evil. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8 talks about, hey, I'm going to keep doing something because my penalty, it, it ain't quick, it's slow. 
So if it takes five years for the police to find me, yeah, let's keep robbing and shooting and doing all types of stuff. So the wisdom of man, again, is always bent and prone to go towards sin. And this is, uh, again, why humans die. They must die. 1 Corinthians 15, 48 through 49. All of my, the verses that I'm reading are in King James, unless I say otherwise. It's just, I'm not a King James only person, but I just, you know, I'm familiar with it. So this is the primary version that I use. 1 Corinthians 15, 48 through 49. As is the earthly, such are, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, so we, we, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Again, God does not want us to stay and remain earthy. Philippians 3 tells us uh, he'll transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So whether you like it or not, God's Mind, everything that he does does something from is because of eternity. Galatians 2, 6 through 8. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Again, we are to be a people for God himself. The things that God put in us is according to eternity. Now let's read this verse, and this is going to be the last verse for this first point in this podcast. Children according to God. Ecclesiastes 11, 9 through 10, King James Version. This is going to be a bomb to all people who love children a little too much. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Ladies and gentlemen, this verse pretty much says, hey, we know when you're young, there's a lot of stuff you're going to want to do. There are men who brag about how many ladies they get. Men like Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, uh, the rapper Mace, Mason Betha. Uh, uh, I've heard stories about LL Cool J, even Ric Flair. Ric Flair, I think he said he's been with over 10,000 women with a big grin on his face. Look at Hugh Hefner. He bragged about, ooh, all the Playboy enterprise that he built. And he died at a ripe old age of 95. But at the end of the day, what this says is, hey, do what you want to do. Whatever you think you feel or whatever you see that you want to do. But the Bible tells us in this verse that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. So when you look at Ecclesiastes 11 and you read through Ecclesiastes 12, Ecclesiastes 9, 11, 9, and read all the way through Ecclesiastes 12, 7, 
basically it says there are many things that you're going to do in life when you are young but God is going to bring everything you do into judgment and you're going to die and go back to the ground which God made you and the spirit of life that you have in you will return to the God who gave it so ain't nobody getting away with nothing that's what God say but here is a real kicker for parents childhood and youth our vanity now I'm gonna stop right there and we're gonna pick up with that word and go on in our continuation this is now turned into a series called children according to man this is part one this is gonna be several parts until we're done I don't want to sit here for four and five hours because one thing I realize when it comes to people a lot of times you can't say everything so with that being said, I do thank you for tuning in. This is Tay Love. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Please, please, please share this podcast with one or two or three people. You know parents who do not raise their children according to God. You know parents that are struggling. They need some help in their parenting. You see kids whose parents you know are not raising them according to the Bible. So please share this podcast. Get you a group. And I'm speaking to people overseas too. Get you a group. Buy you some bread. Get you some tea. And, and get about 10 parents and play this stuff. Man, this is free. This is wide open for, for, for you to apply because you can't do better until you know better. So that's my time. Again, this is Taylor. God bless you. Until next time. Hit the trash, man. Preach the gospel, man. 2819, make disciples of all. Make disciples of one life, one death, one time. Make disciples, make disciples, make disciples.